0: Now, I have to say, uh, I have about 100 pages of notes. I feel like I wrote a book, but which is kind of like every time, (laughs) but um, I feel like this week I was drinking from the fire hose. Do you know what I mean? Like I just felt like download, 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 and I was like, whoa, like buddy, like I can't share at all on Sunday, right? So I just, I want you to like buckle up and hold on because I'm going to go fast, but I know that God has some incredible stuff for us this morning so Jesus just stay here let we just we welcome your presence now we're in a sermon series right now that's called 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 and uh, it's from Saddleback Church and last week Pastor Greg was sharing the first calling in life which is to be um, is to be loved by God so I want you to turn to somebody and I want you to say I'm loved by God If you're online, I want you to type in the chat, I'm loved by God. Okay? I'm loved by God. You are loved by God, right? We are called to be loved. And it's not because of anything we do or don't do, we are called to be loved. That's just the graciousness of God. He loves us, He first loved us. And so you've been called. To be loved by God. And that was our first purpose from last week. Well, today we're going to talk about belonging. You are called to belong to God's church, which will go on and on forever. So it says in Hebrews 2.10, God is the one who made all things, and all things are for his glory. He wanted to have many children to share his glory. It says in Hebrews So God created the entire universe because he wants to have a family, okay? He doesn't want to be alone, and he doesn't want you to be alone. He doesn't want orphans. He doesn't want strays. He doesn't want runaways. God wants you to belong to his family, okay? Amen, anybody? Amen. God wants you to belong to his family. So then the second purpose of my life is that God formed me for his family. Let that one sink in for a second. God formed me for his family. And if you have the fill in the note blank, uh, the little notes there, you can be filling these in as you go. And, And if you don't have one, just put your hand up and an usher will bring you one and a pen. But we've got these little notes that you can be following along with. So if God hadn't wanted a family, you wouldn't exist. Sorry to be so blunt, but it's true. (laughs) If he didn't want a family, we wouldn't be here. But he does want a family, and he loves you, and he wants you to love him back. It says his unchanging plan has always been to adopt us Adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ in Ephesians 1 5. So, the first person, the first purpose is that God loves us. We are called to be loved by God. And the second one is that we are part of God's family. God's family is called his church. Okay? We are called his church. So, in 1 Timothy 3, it says, I am writing to you so that you will know how to live in the family of God. So if you're like, okay, I'm in the family of God, but how do I do that? You, you go to the scripture. It tells you how to live in the family of God. That family is the church. And I bolded those letters, those words there. That family is the church of the living God, the support and foundation of the truth. 1 Timothy three fourteen and 15. So God formed me for his family, okay? And I want you to get this. I am called to belong to his church, okay? You are called to belong to his church. So now you are no longer visitors or strangers. Now you are citizens together with all God's holy people. You belong to God's family, Ephesians 2:19. So the second purpose, the second calling that, that's part of your life is that you are called to belong. You're one to be loved by God and two to belong to God's church. You are among those who have been called to belong. Like, do a little search on your own when you get out of here today. Like, what does the scripture say about being called and belonging to the church? You're going to find, like, lineups of scriptures that say you are called to belong to God's church. Now, the word church is ecclesia, and this word actually means the called out, okay? So this word Ecclesia is the church, and it means the called out. So I want you to say the called out. out. Say it again, The the called out. Okay, so you are the church. So guess what? You are the called out. So I am the called out. I am the church, right? So I want you to say, I am the called out. And if you're with us online, I want you to type in there, um, the called out, right? I am the called out because I am a part of the church, right? So the church is not an event. The church is not an event. And if you think that the church is a Sunday morning event and that's all that church is, oh man, you are missing so much. The church is not an event. It's not this building it's not the color of the carpet or the stage or the walls. It's not the location. It's not our address, 2055 20th Avenue. That is not the church. That is a building. That's a location. The church is not something you go to. Church is something you belong to. Church is something you belong to. If we move locations, are you still the church? yes. Because church is something you belong to. It's not an event. It's not a location. Church is a relationship. Church is a relationship. You see, we worship here and we gather here in this building, right? But this isn't the church. It's the people of God. It's you. You are the church. So I want you to say to the person beside you, I am the church. I am the church. Yeah. I am the church. It's not this building. This building can go away. COVID can shut us down. We can go online only. And guess what? We are the church, right? It's not a building. It's not a location. It's not an event. We are the church. And I want to share with you today four benefits of belonging to the church. Okay, because God designed the church to actually meet emotional needs for you and for me. All right, and so we're going to go through four different metaphors that God gives us from scripture that connect us to what is the church. Okay, so benefits of belonging, four Bible metaphors. And there's lots more, but even talking fast, I can only go through four. All right, so let's go. The church is called a family. A temple, a body, and a garden. So each one of these have profound implications for your life. And if you understand these metaphors deeper, you're going to understand how the church was designed by God to meet your deepest needs in life, okay? So one of the benefits of being in a healthy family is that you were taught who you are. In God's family, I learn my true identity, In God's family, I learn my true identity. And I want you to say that out loud, online or here. In God's family, we all know you're not going to learn your true identity from your peers, from your parents even, from society, from the world. Your true identity is found in relationship with God. That's where we get our true identity, right? And we're all looking for identity, aren't we? Like so many of us, we wear clothes that have brands on them, right? We've got the Under Armour logo, or we've got the Nike logo, right? Or we've got the bag by Ann Klein. Like we're looking for identity in the, the clothing and the fashion and the things that we wear. And you know, I was actually thinking about this. And you know, you pay money to buy that Lulu leggings, but you know, you're actually an advertisement for Lulu, Like Lulu should be paying you because you're wearing their brand, right? But we've placed our identity in our fashion, in our clothes, in our cars, in our locations, in our homes. Those things have become our identity. And so why do we love like Starbucks, Starbucks? Because it has like an identity attached to it, right? Why do we have Apple iPhones? Because they're cool and they say something about us when we have an Apple instead of a Samsung. Somebody's shaking their head. She's like, no, you got it wrong. Samsung's the way to go, all right. Well, we like brands because these things give us identity. And the truth is, most of our identity comes from our relationships. Most of our identity comes from our relationships. So if you have good relationships, you probably have a good identity. If you have poor, negative, dysfunctional relationships, you probably have a poor identity. Does that make sense? Is that landing for anybody? Yeah, one guy. Yay, one guy! All right, yes, right? So if we have good relationships, we often have a good identity. If we have bad relationships, we often have a bad identity. And I don't mean always, but this is like generally what we see. You see, I am a granddaughter and a daughter and a sister and a wife and a mom and an aunt and a pastor and a team leader and a mentor and an employee. And all of these relationships define who I am right? So we know who we are in relationship to other people. So what what does it mean if those relationships and connections get broken or if they're poor, if they're dysfunctional, if they're unhealthy, right? Well, then I'm going to have a really hard time knowing who I am because my identity is connected to my relationships, all right, you guys tracking? We got this? Okay, so anybody who's been through a divorce knows afterwards they're like, now who am I? Who, who am I? I was married, now I'm divorced. Who am I? Anyone who's lost a spouse knows your identity's rocked. Ooh, now, now who am I, right? Anyone who's had kids grow up and they've got an, em- an empty nest, right? They've been a parent for 20, 25 years, now, who am I, right? Anyone who's lost a job, work was their identity. Now, who am I? Because our, our identity is connected to the relationships of, of the people that are around us. And so it's natural and normal to think, who am I when these things change, right? What's my identity? Because our identity is connected to our relationships. And the problem with this is that a lot of us did not have great relationships growing up, right? We had dysfunctional relationships. We had a dysfunctional family. We had a family that was broken, or maybe we didn't even know our family, right? And so now how do I know who I am? Because it it can't be connected to the relationships of the people around me because that's a hot mess. So who am I? Well, I have good news for you, church. For for my family, it says in Ephesians 2.19, you are members of God's own family, very own family, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. So it does not matter what your past has been, what your family environment was, how dysfunctional or hurtful or unhealthy or broken it was, because your most important family is God's family. Why? And I know this is hard. This is hard to com- comprehend in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying as a parent, you're going to walk away from parenting or as a child, you're going to walk away from a senior uh, parent who is needs your assistance. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that your spiritual family is a permanent family. It's an eternal family. It's a family that's going to last forever. So, so, I'm going to say in general, everyone here is probably a Christian. So I want you to turn and I want you just to look around because these are the people you're going to see in eternity. Okay? This is it. If you're like, oh, dang, I don't really like that guy over there. Too bad. You're going to see him in eternity. Right? Because this is your permanent family right here. So if you're like, ooh, they kind of rubbed me the wrong way, figure it out. Figure it out because this is your spiritual family. This is your permanent family right here in this room, all right? Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. You see, your physical family was just a channel that God used to get you into his spiritual family. Hey, amen, right? It was just a way to get you to belong to God's family, his family. And so your spiritual family is important. So that means you invest. You have relationship because they're connected to your identity. Because your identity is about relationships, about the people that are around you. So let's get healthy. Let's get better. Let's like follow God together so that we can reflect his goodness and character together as what? A family. Right? That's what we do as a family. We are the church ecclesia the called out and you can leave here and say oh no pastor kimmy you're wrong i am not the called out well i'm sorry i love you but you're wrong if you believe you are a child of god you believe that you have jesus has died for your sins you have given your life to him you're a part of the church and i understand some of us have been hurt by church i get it but we figure that stuff out we forgive so that we can come back together in a healthier relationship because this is our identity, church. This is it. Look around again. These are your like eternal brothers and sisters. This is it. This is pretty awesome. I actually don't look at any of you and think, oh, not him. No. I actually look around and think, dang, I get to spend eternity with y'all. Dang, hey? I get to be in, in heaven's courts with y'all. And I don't want to get into some theology. If I'm going to know you in heaven or not know you in heaven, that's for another day. All I know is that you are a permanent, everlasting family because you belong to God. You see, I don't care what car you drive. I don't care what neighborhood that you live in. I don't care if you have to use food stamps to buy your groceries, what color you are, what country you are from. that doesn't matter. All of those things are wiped away in the supernatural, aren't they? None of those things matter when we look at it from an eternal perspective. So church, let's lavishly love each other. Let's become experts at each other, caring for one another and being the church together. You see, no kingdom is going to last. Canada is not going to last forever. The United States, as wonderful as they think they are, is not going to last forever, right? Nike is not going to last forever. Lululemon is not going to last forever because these things are physical. And so we don't want to attach our identity to something physical. We want to attach our identity to something spiritual, don't we? It almost seems foolish to attach my identity to something physical because that's just going to rot and and get destroyed. It almost seems foolish. And yet, man, I like so quickly slide into that. But I, that is not what I want to matter to me. I want the spiritual to be the thing that defines my identity. You see, Jesus says in Hebrews 2.11, actually, no, sorry, it was, it's about Jesus. Jesus and the people, he makes holy, all belong to the same family. We're all in the same family. That's why he isn't ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Have you ever thought of that? Jesus is not ashamed to call you his brother. Jesus is not ashamed to call you his sister. And I'm pretty sure if I sat down with some of you, you could tell me you have brothers and sisters that you are ashamed of. (laughs) Right? You probably would tell me that. You see, with God, it doesn't matter how messed up you are. God says you are in the family. I am not ashamed to call you a brother or a sister, no matter what. And one of the great things about being in the family of God is that sin does not define who you are anymore. Yes, you're going to sin. But sin does not define who you are. You need to grow in character and be renewed in your mind, yes, to walk away from the temptation of sin, but sin is not who you are. Now, Saddleback Church uh, does this program. It's called Celebrate Recovery, and it's for those who are struggling with alcohol addiction. And and. And I want to kind of show you a bit of a contrast between that and AA. And if you're in AA, man, bless you. I I think it's a fantastic, wonderful program. But let me show you the difference. When I'm in AA, I stand up and I say, Hi, my name is Kimmy and I'm an alcoholic. I write the identity of my sin all over myself. I say, Yes, my name is Kimmy and I'm an alcoholic? Like... Who? Who? No. Why? What I love about Celebrate Recovery is that you stand and you say, hi, my name is Kimmy, and I am a child of God. I am a child of God who struggles with alcohol. Right? So when you say, I am an alcoholic. I am a drug addict. I have been uh, sexually abused. I have dysfunction. You're writing that identity all over yourself. No! I am Kimmy, who is a child of God. I am a child of the High King, the one who sits on the throne of heaven. He is my God, and that's my identity. And so, church, I think we have to change our language. We have to change our identity. We have to change the way we speak about ourselves, right? Like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not good enough. No, 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 no. I have all authority through Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow to Jesus Christ. He is my king. He is my God. And so he gives me all the power and authority through his name. That's who I am. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I hope you wrestle with that question today as you go home this afternoon tonight. Who am I? Just linger in it. Who am I? I am called to be loved and I am called to be a part of God's family. You see, we have an eternity, an inheritance, and it says in 1 Peter 1.4, we have a priceless inheritance. Doesn't matter how many Nike t-shirts and Lulu leggings you buy, it is not going to compare to the priceless inheritance that you have in God. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And why does God do that? Because I'm a mess maker. And if he lets me touch eternity and touch heaven, I'm going to make a mess of it. I'm going to mess it up. You see? And and God's like, no, no, no. I'm going to keep that for you. Perfect. Priceless. Because that's your inheritance. And it has nothing to do with my sin or my behavior. If I'm good, there's not more golden roads and jewels. If I'm bad, there's less golden roads and jewels. No, no, no. It's not like that. It is set aside in eternity for me and there is nothing to do with my behavior or my sin that can mess it up. And man, that's glorious. That is glorious. See, and that's why Jesus is not afraid. He's not ashamed to call you a brother or a sister because you are in the family. And church, you're a little weird. And I'm a little weird we, we are unique. We are unique. But we're in the family. We're in the family of God. And you may have stuff and sin that, that needs to be worked through because God loves character. He loves character. You see, the world doesn't want you to know who you were really created to be. The enemy does not want you to know who God really created you to be. But God says you are in my family whoa that was only the first metaphor yikes okay second one (laughs) the church is like a temple a building where God's presence shows up and man we have his presence right first corinthians says don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you God is talking to you. He is talking to you. You are a part of his his temple, his church, his family. You know, we've been doing a renovation here at the church and putting in uh, new furnaces and, and air conditioning that's coming uh, soon, hopefully very soon. But you see, what happens in a renovation is that you take a whole bunch of old materials out. You can even see some of them outside. All the old materials go out and the new materials come in. And the thing with building a structure or a building is that if you have a beam that's two inches too short, It doesn't have the stability, does it? It doesn't connect to the next piece. If you have a pipe that's four inches too long, it's not going to connect to the building, right? It's not going to be able to withstand the weight and to be able to function properly as a building. Well, it's the same in God's temple. In God's temple, I'm supported by others. So why did God choose a temple as a metaphor of a healthy family? Well, because in a temple, the parts are all connected together, just like our renovation here. If we put the church back together and the pieces don't connect, it's going to fall apart, right? So together, those pieces offer structure, they offer stability, they are strong, and it's the same for us, church. Together, we are stronger. Together, we support each other and we have structure. So maybe I'm not going through the same situation that you're going through, but I've been through that situation. I can give you some wisdom. I can give you some advice, right? That's the strength that we have when we are a church together, right? When I fall apart, you will be there to help pick me up. And when you fall apart, I will be there to help pick you up. In Christ, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You too are being built together for for a place for God to dwell. You see, you need identity. And you need stability. And where are you going to get that? You are not going to get that in the world. You're going to get that here with your church family, right? You need to be connected. You need stability. You don't need the drama. You don't need the dysfunction, right? Where where somebody might give you the advice, no, 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 it's okay to cheat on your husband, right? It's okay to steal from the government. You don't need that. You need the stability and structure of God's family where God's standard is our standard. You see, if you look at Lego... It has one purpose. Lego's purpose is not to be a pile of plastic. Lego's purpose is to be connected together. And you are God's Lego. You are God's Lego. You were designed to connect together. I want us to to help each other with the faith we have. Your faith will help me and my faith will help you. Romans 1.12 when we gather together and we share stories and i love hearing your stories we build each other's faith that's what happens in community and in church and so why is it so important to be connected well i'm pretty sure you've heard me say before the number one epidemic in our society is not covid-19 <laughs> it's not it's loneliness That's the epidemic that we are faced with. And people have more opportunity to connect through technology, and yet we are more isolated and more disconnected than we have ever been. And church, you don't have to. You don't have to be disconnected. You have an opportunity to be connected. There's people here right in this room that want to be connected to you, and you could be connected to them in God's family. You know, just a couple days ago, we had a drive-in family movie night. We had 60 people here. Most of them were kids. It was so fantastic, right? Because there is a longing for belonging, right? There's a longing for connection. We have connect groups that are coming up this fall that you can sign up for. Starting next week, uh, August 23rd to 27th, we're running a kids' camp here. We're taking over the whole church, and we're running a kids' camp. You can come and volunteer and serve and get connected to somebody else. You see, I love to serve. I love to serve because it's a place where I can meet new people that often have a like-mindedness that I can connect with. See, serving is is this like upside down, right? We come to church to get something from church. How about we come to church to give something to church? How about we come to give something to our family, right? The people that are around you are your family. These are the eternal ones. So come and give something to them. Let's not let's not think of what we can get. You see, I think some of you are thinking, well, in order to volunteer, or in order to be a part of a connect group, or in order to, like, belong, I need to clean up my mess. I need to clean up. I need to behave before I can belong. And this is a phrase that was coined by Rick Warren, like, decades ago, that we, that we think we need to behave before we can belong. And we know from the scriptures we've just read, God's like, no, 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 come. Come, you belong. You belong. You don't have to clean up your mess and then come to Jesus. You belong first, and then He's going to work out all that other stuff, right? If it was all about behaving, church, I should never be in a church. If it was all about behaving, I should never have been here, right? I was a liar and a cheater and a gossip and a cheat and a drunk and a hot mess. And you know what? I didn't behave. But there was a church that said, it doesn't actually matter if you behave or not. Just come because we want you to belong. We want you to belong to God's family. You see, behaving does not define my relationship with Jesus. Belonging defines my relationship with Jesus. It's all about belonging. And Jesus doesn't doesn't look at all that sin. Yes, he's going to address it. But he's like, just come, just come and belong. Now, I need to also say, and I felt like this was a download this week, um, but the belonging doesn't mean we keep misbehaving, all right? So, because Jesus says, come, come, right? He he accepts us no matter who we are, what we've done, it doesn't mean we stay, stay stuck in the misbehaving, right? Knowing you belong doesn't mean that you use the world's standards to compare your behavior or your habits. Because if you're going to use the world's standards, you can pretty much come up with an excuse for any kind of behavior, right? But we're called to use God's standards, okay? See, you're not defined by your sin, right? But in the safety of belonging with Jesus... He's like, I want to grow your character. I don't want you to stay in that misbehaving place. So if you are on a job and an employer says to you, hey, you know, what if I just paid you under the table is kind of the terms, right? What if I paid you without doing the income tax thing and I just paid you cash? In the worldly standard, that's totally fine. You go be you, you go do you, that's totally cool. But in a godly standard, would God say that's okay? No, no, he would not. And so he wants to work on your character. And character says, no, I'm not going to fall into that temptation. Now, if you're sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend and you are not married, the world says it's no big deal, right? Before Dwayne and I were, were Christians, we lived together. We slept together before we were, we, we were Christians, before we, we knew God. Why? Because the world says it's fine. The world says it's fine. It's no big deal, right? But a godly standard says, hey, 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 hey. No, 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 that's not what I've called you to. I want to grow your character. And you know, if you actually do some study in the Old Testament, the, the system was that there was a, a, a contract, right, a bride's price. The, the guy went and he, he got a house ready for the girl. He came back. There was an exchange between the family. They consummated the marriage. They consummated the marriage. Then there was a party, Okay? This is the system of marriage in the Old Testament. So if you are consummating a marriage without actually walking down the aisle and being married, aren't you actually spiritually or emotionally married? I know. Mic drop, right? It's like, ah! But you see, the world says it's okay. So it's okay. No, no, no. God has a different standard for us. And church, I could avoid all these things but I love you. I love you, church. I lay down my life for you, church. So I got to tell you what's the truth. If you're using marijuana or alcohol or drugs or pornography or food to help you cope with your day, and you're making excuses that everybody in the world is doing it, That's not the God standard, that he wants to grow character in you. Again, it's not about behaving so that we fit in together, right? It's about godly character, and he wants to grow godly character. And what happens is that when we are living by God's standard, he takes us into a greater, deeper relationship with him, doesn't he? When I have walked in obedience, those have been some of the most fruitful times of my life. When I'm over here in the world making excuses for my sin, I feel so disconnected from God. I feel so unanointed. I feel like the words barely even jump off the page. But when I'm over here in obedience and I'm looking at God's standards, it changes everything. Because he opens the door to revelation between me and him, and I want more of that revelation. Amen. Woo! All right, third metaphor Christ's body. I discover my unique value. You see, in the body, together as a church, we discover our capacity in the body of Christ. We discover our unique value. We discover our spiritual gifts, our talents, our passions when we are in. Christ's body. I I just need to pause for a second. I need to say, if there is anybody here that is, is, is using the world standard and some of those things that I just mentioned today, I want you to know I'm not following you with a camera watching to see what your sins are so that I can bring them on a Sunday morning and call you out in front of everybody. That is not what's going on here, okay? These are like the most common sins that we use a worldly standard When God is calling us to a God standard, okay? So please, I don't want anyone here leaving feeling like some guilt or shame. No, 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 that's gross, and that's manipulating, and that was not my intent. My intent, church, is I love you. I want you to grow in godly character. Because when you grow in godly character, I grow in godly character, right? And when I grow in godly character, you grow in godly character. Because that's what happens when we're together as a family. Okay, church? I love you. So in the body, we discover our passions and our talents, right? In Romans 12, it says, Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We're all a part of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete, for we each have a different work to do. So we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others, we need each other. I want you to turn to somebody and say, "I need you. <laughs> I need you." And I, that was not a marriage proposal, OK? It was just like it was just like, in the body of Christ, I need you. And you need me. And together we're going to do this, right? The scripture doesn't say that one part of the body is greater than the other part. They all work together, right? We know that. And let me say to you, you cannot be who God created you to be without a church family. I'm going to say it again. You cannot be who God created you to be without a church family. Does anyone agree with me? anyone agree? I cannot be who God created me to be without you. I can't. I can't do it on my own. I need you and you need me We need to connect to the body of Christ with each other. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other, Ephesians 4. And you know, I had this hot moment, um, and, and I know I'm running out of time, but I just, I really, this I wanted to share with you just so much. It was just like this download. I felt like, you know, like I said, like just drinking from the fire hose this week about this one thing, about being connected. Being connected also means I do the hard work. Okay, so I've been reading the Bible in a year and so I've read through the stories of David and uh, I'm through that and I'm now in the stories of Solomon and Solomon has built the temple and they're having a big huge celebration. And so this week as I was reading this, God said to me, he was just like so clear, he's like, do you realize that David had to fight the fight? David had to go to battle David had to clear out the land. David had to go to war. David had blood on his hands. Why? To prepare the place for Solomon. So that Solomon could walk in peace. David had to fight the hard things. He had to work through his issues. He had to get better at communication. He had to forgive. Why? because he was cleaning out the land for Solomon so Solomon could have peace in his life and, and could move forward in, in bringing the Israelites, the people of God, to come back together. Now, here's, this is hard. This is hard, and I know this is sensitive. If you have been emotionally, physic, physically, sexually uh, abused, God is calling you. You are a David. David. You need to work through that stuff. You need to fight the fight to get forgiveness. Why? Because if you don't, you take that battle and you give it to the next generation. Do you want to take your hurt, your battle of abuse, and pass that on to your kids? I do not. I want to prepare a place for them that is peaceful and is wonderful. Not comfortable in the world standards, but I want to prepare a spiritual place where my kids can walk in greater. Where these, this young generation here can walk in greater. So that means that we have to go after our own stuff. We have to stop the cycle. If you have been in addiction or you've been impacted by somebody who's been in addiction, you need to work through that stuff. You need to forgive. You need to go specifically through those situations and break off the chains the enemy has holding that situation down. Why? Because you are a David and you are called to work through your stuff so that you don't transfer the battle onto the next generation. They're gonna have their own battles, they're gonna have their own stuff to deal with. Let's not give them ours. Church, let's commit that we're gonna work through ours so that they can have peace, so that they can truly be a Solomon and not get pulled into the life of a David where everything is a battle. And I know this is a really hard one, but if you have been impacted by the residential schools, someone in your family, you, oh, this is hard, this is tender, but we have to fight this battle here and now. We have to fight this. We have to defeat this. The enemy has control and we have to with the power of forgiveness because that's the only thing that breaks the chains. The only thing that breaks it off is Jesus Christ. That is the only thing that's going to clear this debt, clear this hurt, is we go after these things. We fight this battle. Why? Because we don't want the Solomons to inherit that. I know it's a hard word. And I was like stressed and nervous about sharing it. But I felt like God was saying that to me. Don't say stay camped out in this place of dysfunction. This place of hurt. Right? Where I'm passing that on to my kids. You know, I haven't been through the things that you have been through. And you haven't been through the things I've been through. But we've probably all got something. And God is calling us to be David's in this time, in this time right now, to fight that battle so that we don't dig up the dead hurt, the dead sin, and go and give that to our child, to our Solomon. Like when you put it into like graphic pictures, it's like, dang, I got to get this figured out. And I don't want you to feel like you are alone in that. If you feel like you need some prayer, you want to partner with somebody, um, there are people in this church that would love to help you to move into reconciliation and into forgiveness. You don't need to stay here on your own. As a family, we we help each other forgive and work through that stuff. All right. I know that was really heavy. All right. (laughs) Thanks. That was Jesus. That's hard. It just makes me want to cry because I know the pain and the hurt that's in this room. I know. Family, I know. We got to get it. We got to do it different, right? We got to get over this stuff. We got to break these cycles, right? Addiction and abuse and all this hurt that's happened. We got to break it. All right, the last metaphor I'm going to really quickly just share is in God's garden, my life becomes productive. Being a part of God's family helps me grow. It helps me grow, right? I've, I've often said, you know, when I'm getting ready for a message, I learn 100 times more than what I share, right? Being in God's family helps me grow, Absolutely. Productive people are happy people. I believe it. It gives us purpose, right? When we have um, production and purpose and destiny in our lives, it gives us something to be able to wake up to, a joy. And that's what church family is as well, right? It helps us to become productive. A branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, And we studied this scripture last fall in depth, right? You cannot be fruitful apart from me. I am the vine, Jesus says, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15 verses 4 and 5. Hey, amen to that, right? We want to be connected to the vine. Because then we are productive, right, in God's family. If a grapevine is cut off from, from the, the branch, it's disconnected. And so church, don't be disconnected. Be productive. Stay connected to the family of God. We are the ecclesia, the called out. That is who we are as the church. And you belong You are a part of God's family. So I want you to ask to, I want to ask you to stand um, as we close. I'm going to close in prayer, then we're going to sing another song. I'm loving the song at the end of the service, it's so great. So I just want to remind you that you are a part of God's family, you belong in God's household with every other Christian. And so I want to ask if you would respond this morning. And so if you're online, wherever you are, if you're in a coffee shop or you're at home or you're here in the room, uh, I want you to respond um, in two different ways. So if you are like, okay, Jesus, I want you to rewrite my identity, then I want you to respond by putting up just one arm, Okay. And then if you are like, I want to respond um, and I want to step out and choose to get connected. Maybe you've been holding back, right? You've been a little scared. Maybe you've been hurt, right? And you're like, I'm just not too sure. But today I'm feeling like I want to step out. Then I want you to hold up the other hand, okay? You can hold up both or you can just hold up one or you can hold up the other. But I'm going to pray for you. So I'm just going to ask for you to respond. Put your arms up. One, both, none. Lord Jesus, we want to boldly ask for a new identity in Christ, Lord God. Wash away the old words, the old definition, Lord Jesus, and give us a heavenly language, a heavenly definition of who we are, Lord God. The image of Christ, the image of Christ lives inside of you you are a light bearer you bear the light of jesus christ and so with your hand up you are just saying yes jesus rewrite my identity yes god whisper in my ear bring words to me this week or pictures or songs that remind me that my identity is not in the world it's in you thank you jesus and if you have the other arm up You are asking for the boldness to step out and to choose to belong to God's family. And so I pray for you, that you will let down those walls, that you will get connected to others, that you will take a step of faith, that you will join in somewhere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, church, for your response. And God, we just seek out your forgiveness, Lord Jesus for the things that have held us back, Lord God, for the things that we've kept hidden, for the things that we've held on to that have been comfortable, Lord Jesus, we surrender them to you and we ask that you forgive us. Pour out, pour out your life-giving blood upon us, Lord God, your redeeming blood, just one drop, washes away all of our sin. And so we thank you, Jesus.